0: Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today, on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, and welcome to Executive Presence Morsels, Eureka Week. Today, we're gonna talk about an issue that a client of mine had, Sally where um I guess the cut to the chase, they were not having good meetings, weekly meetings with their boss. I mean, it's great when you can have weekly meetings with your boss, but when your boss um, is continually canceling them um, or cutting them short and the conversations are, you know, not very engaging, after a while that can kind of make you a little bit worried, especially if you're trying to get promoted or get certain um, opportunities that your boss would have to recommend you for. So, uh, my client, we'll call them Sally, uh, not their real name, came to me with this situation and kind of explained what I just said. You know, they were very dissatisfied with the quality, um, and also the, they felt in their mind, like, kind of like the respect with which their boss was conducting these meetings because they were often canceled and even when they had them, um, they were cut pretty short and they, their boss didn't seem to show a lot of interest, So not being one to, you know, judge either, you know, Sally or the boss, I asked, you know, tell me a little bit about how these situations go and and why do you think your boss may be reacting that way? And what ended up coming out after discussing this for a while was that Sally is, unlike perhaps some of the other colleagues that reported to the boss, is extremely competent, extremely intelligent, extremely self-sufficient, and great at problem-solving. So, didn't really, wouldn't really have a lot of problems going to the boss that, you know, that she needed the boss to solve. And she came to the realization was, well, maybe that's why they're not having good conversations and maybe that's why the boss isn't really that interested because, you know, the boss is mentoring other people, people are coming to them with juicy problems where, you know, Sally is just like, I got this, right? So then one question um that we uh, went over was, how do you make things more engaging? And Sally immediately pushed back and she said, listen, Joe, I'm not going to dumb myself down for my boss. I'm not going to be like, oh, please help, please rescue me. I don't understand how to do this thing when you know and I know full well that I know how to do that, you know, I could do um, you know, a lot of things that my boss is currently doing, so I'm not going to pretend um, like I'm dumber than I actually am. So we thought about that and we agreed that that's true, but we kind of challenged sort of the framing of that, right? Like, can you still be yourself? Can you still be your intelligent, you know, qualified, getting things done, problem-solving problem solving self, while still changing the way you engage with the manager to make the meeting more engaging. Because what was obvious to both of us is this approach was entirely unengaging to the manager. So it doesn't mean to change who you are, but are there ways you can still be the person you are while changing the way you engage? And one potential solution we came upon was, look, you have figured the problem out. Why don't you just share with your boss, what the situation was, um, the struggle you went through, how you figured it out, and the end result, and you can just say, well, what do you think? What might you have done differently? Um, What's your perspective? The problem's already solved. You're not asking them for help, and you can tell them the problem's solved, but at least it's more engaging in terms of the situation, and it engages their imagination, it engages their critical thinking, as opposed to, so what are you working on today? I got these couple things. You have any problems? No, I'm good. Right? Like, who would be engaged in that kind of conversation? There'd be nothing to really engage with. So, Sally agreed to try this out and reported back a week or two later. And she was super excited. She was like, Joe, you know, now our meetings are running over and, you know, my boss is, you know, constantly asking me about things that I referred to before and, you know, they're no longer canceling our meetings or cutting them short. And we were both so happy because she was able to remain her smart, competent, solution-solving person, but able to engage better with her boss just by reframing what it meant to have a conversation with your boss, right? It's not just about them fixing something for you. It's about creating this relationship. It's about sharing information. It's about getting new perspectives, even when there isn't a a red hot problem that needs to be solved right away. So ask yourself what I'd love for you to do today is how can you change conversations you have to be more engaging without changing yourself? Right? Are there situations where you just feel like, oh, it's a personality thing or they're not engaging with me where you are actually, I don't want to say part of the problem, that's so negative, but the the way you are choosing to engage is part of creating this dynamic. And are there little things you can do to change? Not asking you to change who you are or how intelligent you are or the way you speak, Um, But maybe just to change a little bit perspective, change the dialogue, change some things around the edges that make things more engaging for the other person and for yourself, right? Because you actually get new awareness and wisdom when talking to people about these things versus saying versus them saying, you got this. I'll see you next week. You don't really gain anything from that either. Well, thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember. It's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. Have you ever shared a great idea only to be ignored or have someone else take the credit? Why do some people consistently seem to advance faster? Have you ever implemented performance feedback and expected things to change only to have a new hurdle placed in front of you? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. After years of coaching clients and while writing my book, Unlock Your Executive Presence, I discovered executive presence is the key to unlocking your career. But what is it? How do you get it? And can it be taught? In my online course, Executive Presence and the Diversity Dilemma, we explore how executive presence works. You may be surprised to learn, as was I, that it has nothing to do with what you say, do, or wear. Most courses fail because they only teach you how to copy executive presence. We'll start off by revealing how it actually works which is based on how you make people feel. Next, we'll explore the six degrees of executive presence, which will help you generate it on demand. Finally, we'll cover how to make your authenticity an asset, the power of introverts, and generating executive presence in virtual meetings. If you are a high potential professional with the skills to advance, but who is struggling to get the right attention, then this course is for you. First module is free, so join us today on udemy.com so you can be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Eureka Week. And today we're going to talk about a challenge that a client of mine Peter had. They had a problem in terms of collaborating with sister or brother groups, right? So groups where they have to work together and team together to get the overall project done, which they'll all be judged on, yet Peter doesn't have any direct control over how the other group operates or how well they play together, right? Peter can only control his own people going down, but he has no control going across or sideways. And Peter had been experiencing, I think there had been a merger um, at the time, so there were kind of disparate cultures, and this is pretty common, um, different ways of thinking about things. And it was creating a lot of conflict and uh, you know, creating difficulty in Peter's ability to get the work done. and also in terms of job satisfaction, right? because who wants to go to work, put on their armor, and sort of joust and you know, um, you know fight. Uh, every day with people who are supposed to be on the same team and being your co-workers. Now, interesting um, detail here. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.